This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So I'm thinking going into Saturday night, all right, another opportunity for Max Scherzer. Another chance. The Mets have now put together like a mini streak here. The last game against the Dodgers, two out of three against Chicago, the opener against Boston. So what's that? Four out of five, right? Four out of five. Four out of five. The great Max Scherzer on the mound against James Paxton on a Saturday night in Boston with half the building filled up with Mets fans. What could possibly go wrong? This is like a chance to wake up from the dead. And then I sit down Saturday and I took the whole family and they loved it, at least the first couple of innings. They loved Fenway Park. First chance uh, for my youngest son, Spence, to see it, for my wife to see it, for my father-in-law. I think he told me he'd been there like 20 years ago, but he doesn't remember. Walking down Lansdowne Street, it's like a baseball festival. It really is. All the stores that they have, the, the hot dogs, even though the, the Fenway Park hot dogs suck. I'm going to do an examination on this uh, on the fan on Monday. But I'm going to expose something that's going to boggle everybody's mind. I'm not going to waste your time on it with the Rico. I'll do it with the uh, debut edition of Evan and Diggy. I think that the Boston Red Sox and Fenway Park are running a fraud, a fraud bar. Okay? I, I have got evidence to back me up, but they are really putting the wool over all of our eyes down there in Boston. I'll explain that on the air at some point. Anyhow, we get into the ballpark. Max Scherzer's on the mound, sitting behind the plate, different vantage point than the monster seats. And Max Scherzer, <laughs> should I call him a piece of craps? Should we whip that out again? Yeah, my man, Mr. Piece of Craps. Home run first inning, Jaron Duran. one nothing Red Sox. Second inning, here's Tristan Casas. Home run, 2 nothing Red Sox. After the Mets give him a lead, they give it to him because Jeff McNeil comes up with a huge two-run single that turned into the Little League home run because of the bad throw to second and all that, the throw that went into left center field. It was great. It was an electric moment at Fenway Park with Met fans chanting, let's go. Everybody's happy. The Mets have a 3-2 lead. And I turn to my family and I say, okay, how many innings will it take for Max Scherzer to take this cute little lead that the Mets have handed him and just completely blow it. And I got, I was stunned. Bottom of the fourth inning, he got through the inning. He struck out three guys. I couldn't believe it. I thought Scherzer was going to glavin it immediately. I thought it was going to be an instant, 
oh, you gave me the lead? Great. I'm about to give it back. But no, no, he waited until Yu Chang come, came up to lead off the fifth inning before he would blow the lead. That would be the moment. That's home run number three, by the way, if you're keeping track at home. And then the topper. In the sixth inning, he gives up an absolute missile to Tristan Casas, his fourth home run of the freaking game. And a 3-2 lead turns into a 5-3 deficit. I am going to sound like a broken record, but how can I say anything different? Every time, every time the Mets have handed Max Scherzer a lead, every time Max Scherzer has been put in one of those big spots, a chance to be a Met, an important game, he ups come up small every single time. Every single time. So let's read some Max Scherzer emails. Why the hell not? Ian Nolan writes, what's happened more this year? Max home runs given up or the number of pitch com issues he's had? Yeah, he mixed in a lot of that in the game as well, including one that saved him from a walk. It was like a 3-2 pitch and Alvarez quickly ran out. He's got his pitch com issue. They gave him the break. Next pitch, ball four. Hilarious. Uh, Giacomo Chrismel writes, I don't even have to say anything else to blank bleeping say. Scherzer is done. He not only let up four home runs, but probably cost us a better prospect in a prospective trade because of how much Scherzer is done. (laughs) He's so terrible. Uh, I, I keep waiting for Max Scherzer to shut us all up, and it did not happen Saturday night at Fenway Park. Could I ask you a question? Because really what it comes down to, and this season is basically, like we said, it's over. I mean, every, every game you get a little bit of hope when the series starts. Right. And then as the series ends, it's back to the same old crap. But seriously, there's a few things. A, we'd like to trade Scherzer. But Coleman may have to pay most of the money. Okay, fine. If you can get some prospects back, great. It's off our hands. If he doesn't get traded, A, are you like myself and some other people have been saying it? I hope with the same enthusiasm as he had when he signed that three-year deal with the opt-out, I hope he opts out going into next season so that we don't have to deal with it. Slash, if you're going to use him and we, he can't start anymore, is there a, is it bullpen time? Like, What the hell do you do with Max Scherzer? No, because as disappointing as Max Scherzer has been – there are still not five starting pitchers on the New York Mets better. I mean, Carlos Carrasco's not better. That's for damn sure. We've seen Jose Quintana pitch once, so you throw him to the side. Kodai Senga's had a fine year, but that's really it. Like, the Mets don't have enough starting pitching, and that's going to be the biggest issue that we all have to face heading towards this trade deadline when discussing Scherzer and Verlander. As much as I'm going to kill him on today's Rico, and a lot of Met fans are going to join in for his performance on Saturday. What are the better options, not only this year, but really next year? There just aren't. So get rid of them, trade them, move them to the bullpen. Like, okay. Like I always say, it's easy to get rid of someone. It's tougher to replace them. And right now, as much as Scherzer has been a massive Met disappointment, there aren't a lot of options to replace him. But it was 
another missed opportunity. Because if he goes out and shuts Boston down after the Mets hand him a 3-2 to two lead, and the Mets win that game Saturday, I think all of a sudden we all wake up Sunday morning thinking maybe this is the run we've been waiting for. Two in a row against Boston, two out of three against Chicago, that win against the Dodgers. I think they would have pulled within five in the wild card race. And Max Scherzer flushes it down the toilet. Now, the Mets offense did nothing else, by the way. And let's not be fooled by the fake rally in the ninth inning that I have to admit. And I feel horrible admitting this, but I have to come clean. I didn't see it. Because as much as I have a rule that says don't leave early, don't leave early, don't leave early, sometimes you've got to use judgment. And in the fifth inning, when my youngest son had a freak out because he's not used to being up that late, and my wife left the ballpark and started strollering him down Lansdowne Street and said, don't worry, honey, watch the rest of the game. I knew as the Red Sox were piling it on in the seventh inning, including Justin Turner's home run, I knew I have to be a good husband and leave. Like, what what am I doing at this point in an eight to three game in the eighth inning at Fenway Park while my wife is outside on Lansdowne Street? The Mets are probably not coming back. I have to try to be the best husband I can be. So we left. And if Daniel Vogelback would, no shot. But if Daniel Vogelback had a game-tying two-run home run in the ninth inning off of Kenley Jansen, number one, I would have been stunned and stupefied. But I would have had no regrets because sometimes you just got to do the right thing. And the right thing at that point was getting the hell out of Fenway Park. But that rally in the ninth inning was one of those Fugazi rallies. It was. You know, Pete Alonso hit a triple, 410 feet. You're thinking, oh, maybe this will get him going. Francisco Alvarez ripped an RBI single. Brett, uh, Mark Vientos had an RBI single. Brett Beatty had an RBI single. But I doubt anybody at home or anybody who made the trip to Boston actually thought that this rally was going to be completed. If this was a year ago, maybe, but not the 2023 New York Mets. That was never going to happen. No, I I agree. It's just it, this team is is at the at the be- very best they tease you. That's yes. the best you'll get out of it. And by the way, I just back to the Scherzer thing really quickly because you were just saying like, you know, he blew game two, but you were thinking about maybe having him come back and start the two ten resumption of game one. Like I was thinking uh, about it because. I looked at the other options, which is what they used. Grant Hartwig, David Peterson, you know, really just a bullpen game from the fourth inning on. And I thought, you know what, with a one run lead, why not? You're not getting more than six innings out of Max Scherzer anyway. If he could give you those six innings, pitch reasonably well, Mets beat the Red Sox, then you piece together game two. Yeah. We would have lost that game too. Did we have show? <laughs> We'd have lost both games. I got to be honest. I would not pick you to take over for Buck Show Walter when he gets fired. Oh, come on. You know what? When I had that idea last year, you loved it. You don't like it this year because Scherzer blows. That's yeah, because he sucks ass right now. He's the worst pitcher. In, for the amount of money he makes, he is so brutal. Like, I can't remember a pitcher that has been as awful as he has been all season long consistently. Like, seriously. He, well, no, a he's, had a handful, he's had a handful of good starts. The problem is... They haven't been in those big moments. They've had games this season that I think a lot of us have said, hey, this game is more significant than others. Going back to the Atlanta game, 
Uh, the Yankee game when they had a 5-1 to one lead certainly felt that way. Obviously, recently, this game on Saturday night, and it seems like every time they need him, he's come up small. And I'm sick and tired of the excuses after the game. Ah, I got to be better. Well, go be better. I know that's not an excuse. That, but I just, I'm sick of hearing the same crap. I got to be better. Okay, go be better. Go be better. And that leads you to Sunday night baseball. That leads you to, okay, the Red Sox are throwing an opener. Carlos Carrasco, maybe he can rediscover that slider that we heard so much about two starts ago. And the Mets can win a series. And I swear to you, if the Mets had won Sunday night, I would have given you a much more positive Rico because I would have looked at it and said, hey, they won a series against a good team on the road. Great. They're building something. They've won five out of seven. They're only six games back in the wild card spot. All right. Not that I'm all in, not that uh, they should go trade prospects for the world, but I would have felt better. And instead, we all watch this crap on Sunday night. Carlos Carrasco was lucky. He only gave up five runs and 10 hits in two and a third innings. And that is an amazing sentence. Carlos Carrasco is lucky. He only gave up 10 hits and five runs. Mark Canna gave him how many extra outs in this game? How many extra outs? Gives up a leadoff hit. Yoshida hits that ground out. That comedy of errors turns into Duran being thrown out at the plate. Great. Two outs, nobody on. And what does he do? Walk, walk, RBI single. Before we continue, though, Eduardo Perez went over and over again about how home plate umpire, and I forget who was behind the plate, missed an obvious strike on Justin Turner on one and one. And he's right. I don't think there's anyone who's going to deny that. It was right down the middle. It was called a ball. It made it two and one. But what drove me nuts the entire inning was how Eduardo Perez, and I think David Cohen and Carl Ravage kind of followed suit, that if that pitch is correctly called a strike, the next pitch was a strike and the inning is over. That's not how baseball works. Why the hell do I have to explain that to Eduardo Perez? Justin Turner, who is a premier two-strike hitter, who is the king of fouling and wasting off two-strike pitches, in your world now is just striking out because the previous pitch would have been called a strike? No. Now, that doesn't mean that that missed call didn't affect the inning. Maybe it did. We just can't directly say that Justin Turner was going to strike out on the next pitch. Because as you saw, Justin Turner worked a nine-pitch walk, which is why I'm still bitter that Sandy Alderson non-tendered Justin Turner over a decade ago, because I always loved him. But think about that first inning. Carrasco is giving it out. He's given a gift from the gods, and he still gives up a walk, a walk, a wild pitch, and an RBI single. He gets through the seventh by the grace of God, and then the third inning was batting practice. Oh, my God. Every ball is ripped. I don't care if it's on the ground, on the line, in the it doesn't matter. Every ball hit 100 miles an hour, double, single, Marcata outfield assist, double, Single, single. I'm sitting there and I'm behind because I actually went to go see um, Oppenheimer on Sunday night. So I started this game about an hour and a half late and it was a tremendous movie. I, I mean, I never thought I'd be entertained for three hours and glued to my seat for three hours. Oppenheimer pulled it off. But anyhow, I'm sitting there in the third inning watching this thinking, 
Has Buck Showalter fallen asleep? Granted, the Met bullpen blows. We, we all know that. We all know they don't have a lot of options. And you never want to be in a rush to go to your bullpen. But it was painfully obvious that Carlos Carrasco had nothing. Nothing. And when he has nothing, can you at least throw him and us, really us as Met fans, a safety line? What is it, a life vest? A life vest. Get him the hell out of the game. Because shockingly, when he came out of the game, and Drew Smith, Trevor Gott, David Peterson, Dominic Leone, and Adam Adovino came in, they actually pitched well. <laughs> it's amazing. Outside of the Devers bomb in the seventh off of Leone, the Met bullpen did everything they could to keep them in the game. And that's why we circle back to the offense. You are facing a guy named Brennan Bernardino. You are facing Chris Murphy, not the senator. You are facing an entire Red Sox bullpen, and the Met offense struggled all night long. And what was infuriating is leadoff man on in the second second inning, nothing. Leadoff man on in the third inning, nothing. Leadoff man on in the fourth inning, nothing. And then obviously the real killer was the sixth inning of this game. By the sixth inning, they're down 5 nothing, but you still have some time. Francisco Lindor hits a wall ball RBI single. They're down 5-1. to one. They've got first and third and nobody out with McNeil, Alonzo, and Vientos coming up. And that was the ball game. Sometimes you can circle it back to that one great opportunity. McNeil hit that soft liner. Alonzo struck out. Alonzo... I was hoping that Saturday was going to be a positive sign too. the 410 foot triple. He had a double earlier in the game and Pete has been better. You are seeing some signs of life from Pete offensively, but two on one out down by four strikes out in a monstrous spot to Josh Winkowski. And then let's play the game. I know what Pete's going to say, but I am curious if we're all being honest with ourselves Sixth inning, Vientos is 0 for 2. He has struck out. He's grounded into a double play. The righty Winkowski's on the mound, and he has to stay in the game. They can't go to one of their 18 lefties because he's only faced one batter. Do you let Mark Vientos hit, or do you go to one of your lefty bats, Daniel Vogelback or DJ Stewart? Pete, gonna, would you have let I, Vientos hit? At this point, I, I'd let the kid hit. I'm sorry. My headphone plopped out of my ear. What would you say? Well, it's very important what I just said. I know. Let, I'm sorry. <laughs> let the kid hit. Let let Vientos hit the ball. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. I think that we're getting to the point in the season where let's see what he's got. Uh, but you do have Ogle back on the bench, which Buck would later use in the eighth inning. It's like he picked his spot. I think he was thinking to himself, I'm going to stick with Vientos here because I want to force Cora later to have to not just stick with whoever is pitching, especially if there's a righty on the mound. You know what I mean? And it kind of worked out that way because in the eighth inning, when Vientos' spot was coming up with two men on base, he went to Chris Martin, a right-hander, which got Vogel back out of the game. So maybe the thought is, if I go to Vogel back now, yeah, I got the right matchup in the sixth, but then in the eighth inning, since the Red Sox have so many lefties, I'm left naked. 
Like I, oh, I guess I could use Alvarez or Fam, who we would let later use, but you're almost left kind of a man short. Are you telling me that Buck actually thought ahead? Yeah. I'm like, I mean, that, that might be the first time this season that he's thought <laughs> about what's going to happen later on in the game. Or maybe he didn't think ahead and he just fell asleep and was like, yeah, I'll let Vientos hit. That, that, that sounds about right. Because <laughs> he ends up pinch hitting for Vientos in the eighth with Vogelback, and Vogelback had a really good at bat till it ended in a strikeout. He had an 11 pitch at bat. And then he ended up using Fam and Alvarez in the ninth inning when it was too late because it was too late. They scored one run. You know, when you look at Sunday night's game, it's easy to just pin it on Carrasco because he was terrible, and he was. Guy gave up 10 hits in two and a third innings, but the Met offense should not go without criticism. They were one for seven with runners in scoring position. They blew a ton of big opportunities where they got the leadoff man on. It was just, and you did it against the Red Sox bullpen. It's not like James Paxton shut you down again. You got shut down by the Sox bullpen. And it's another buzzkill, another buzzkill series loss for the New York Mets losing two out of three. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.